My friends, grace and peace to you. And this day, I do mean that especially as peace to you. From Pastor Lars Olson will Savior, deliver this morning's sermon. Come through all the Let's have a time of, of silence for reflection, grave, followed by our hymn of the day, Peace the to Soothe rooms, Our Bitter right Woes. Right down into our ears that we might receive that promise of peace from our Lord Jesus this day. Amen. Well, you wouldn't know it from all the pomp and circumstance around Easter Sunday with all the joyful music and all the exuberance and everybody smiling and saying, what a wonderful day this is. That the first reaction almost universally on Easter is one of fear and worry, trouble. And so today we see this with the disciples who are locked away behind locked doors for fear of whatever is to come. It says they're afraid of the Jews, and of course this is where fear would begin for them, because they would be known as Jesus' own disciples. They were one with him. And look what happened to him, and they might be coming for them next. This is, of course, why they turned around and abandoned him and left him and denied him and ran from the trouble that was coming for them, right? They were afraid of where this all was going. And, of course, it was going to death. And so there they are, locked away, fearful of what is coming, fearful of the outside world, fearful of the Jews. But even that is just the tip of the iceberg. Or then, in the midst of their locked doors where they think they've created a little safe haven for themselves, Jesus appears. They didn't know he was coming. Could you imagine who the first one to see him was? They might have jumped, thinking he might be a ghost. Somebody had snuck in on them. But instead of coming after them and saying, I found you, now you're going to get what you deserve, he says these words, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace, of course, is that what we seek to calm our fears, to quiet our souls, to give us some bit of confidence to enter into the daily life that we seek. And so we take a break from our regular lives to find a little peace, don't we? It's kind of a, a self-made project to start the day with a little bit of meditation, maybe. To find that quiet place with your cup of coffee. To look forward to a time of your hobbies where you get a little bit of time for yourself away from all the needs and worries of the world where you can sit and relax and take a few moments of peace. Maybe you read a book. Maybe you spend a little bit of time thinking about that one quiet place where you find your center, centering prayer, some would call it, a place where you have peace within yourself. And you know, this works for a few minutes, doesn't it? It actually helps us to refocus our energy and refocus our lives. But the longer you stay in those places, in your hobbies, in your centering, in your quiet place, you end up a bit like the disciples with those voices of fear and worry starting to trickle in. The longer you have your self-made peace, the quicker you'll find those voices coming. 
What am I supposed to do tomorrow? Have I prepared for my family today? What am I doing here, wasting all this time doing nothing when I could be doing something, right? I have so many responsibilities and needs and people are counting on me. And so your, your peace becomes shattered and broken. The disciples are stuck in this fear. And fear this deep, you know, you can actually feel it and smell it. You've been in this kind of place where fear is so thick that it's just all around you and you can't avoid it. It's like coming home from a day of work and entering into the house with a big pot of chili. It hits you in the face. Or like me, walking through a department store or smelling these lilies, the perfume just hits me. I can just feel the smell of it. It hurts. It reminds me of the world around. And the disciples here are stuck with the smell of fear just dripping off of them, hitting them at every side. And Jesus comes and says, Peace cutting through all of their troubles and worries in order to show them himself. His body is there with its holes and wounds, showing them that he has taken their punishment and their sin, not just theirs, but the entire world. And in return, he has come not to give them retribution, but to give them peace. It would seem, from this reading especially, that Jesus' entire mission in the resurrection is to bring peace to the world. Peace to troubled souls. Peace in the midst of fear and doubt. Thomas was not with them that day. It was a week later until Jesus showed up to Thomas. He had a week-long fear and doubt creeping into him until he was there in the locked room again, and Jesus shows up just for him. Because Jesus is like a bloodhound. He smells the fear and the doubt and the death wherever it comes, and he seeks it out and goes right after it. Take it away to turn it around, to banish it, so that you would have peace. Here, Thomas, touch. Here, Thomas, see. Peace be with you. Of course, we are not peaceful people. We are not overcome with this peace because, of course, we are troubled, worried, fearful, and doubting souls. But Jesus comes again and again to the disciples, week in and week out, giving, him, giving us this word of peace. Peace, of course, is the opposite of anxiety, fear, and doubt. It's the opposite of all of these things. But they keep creeping into our life because we are so uncertain of what future is coming that we rely on what we've done in the past and we look for what we can do to create that peace for us into the future. We keep turning back to ourselves looking for that peace that we can find inside even though it never seems to last for us. 
having a future that is absolutely certain and sure, finally, is the peace that we can cling to. So when we look at our lives, and we look at what we've done, and we see that it hasn't produced peace for us, we start to say, what more can we do? What more must I do in order to find that peace? Because looking into the future means, it means that we have something to go to. And when we look into our future from our own power, all that we see is death coming for us. Some of you are closer to that than others. Has it produced peace for you to try to avoid death and make a life for yourself? Maybe you said, well, I've just accepted it. And you've made peace with it. But that's not actually the peace that Christ has come to give us. For he has come to abolish our past and give us a future. A future of life beyond death. He shows up after death with the marks of our sin upon him. To give us the peace that we have a future not of our own making, but of his grace and life. He takes the disciples and says, I send you out with this peace. I send you out into the world with the peace that I have won for you. Not the peace you have made with yourself, but the peace that I have given you. The peace that you cannot take from me any longer. For death has been swallowed up in victory. Death is no longer our future. Death has been put aside so that we would have peace in knowing that our lives are safe in God's hands. Not because of what we have done or will do, but because of what Christ has done for us. The entire book of 1 John, which we read the first chapter of today, is making this exact argument that in his body, his very body and blood, Jesus has won for us a future, has given us confidence to go into the world, not because we have ignored or rid ourselves of sin, but because he has forgiven us of our past and made a sure and certain future of what is to come. He has, in his body and blood, forgiven the sins of the entire world. He's calling us out of ourselves, not to say, see, I'm sinless. I can go out into the world, outside of the sanctuary, to say, look at me, look at what I have done. Look at what I can give to you. But rather to say, no, I, Jesus Christ, have given you the forgiveness of sins. I send you out in the peace of knowing this, to give that peace to the world around to give the peace of Christ, not the peace of Lars or the peace of John or the peace of Jeff or the peace of Terry, but the peace of Christ to the world. He sends us out as the church, the body of Christ in the world to take the sins and give them to Jesus Christ and in its place to give forgiveness and the peace that comes with it. For peace comes from having 
a sure, certain future. Not having to worry about what you have created for yourself, but simply entrusting that Jesus has done it all. That it is finished work. It has been accomplished and given to you. My friends, this is the peace that Christ has come to give us. The peace not within ourselves, but the peace that he comes into locked doors, into places where we refuse to leave on our own. He comes and finds us in our doubts and our fears and our worries and our anxieties to say, you need none of those any longer. He comes and breathes the Spirit upon you, this breath of fresh air, smelling not like death and doubt, not like fear and worry, but pushing out all of your anxieties that you would live in the hope and peace of Christ. The peace of the Lord be with you always, we say, and we mean exactly that. That you, each and every day, would live in the peace of Christ, knowing that your sins are forgiven, seeing your friends and family forgiving their sins, finding the fear and doubt and troubles of the world, and saying these simple words, Christ has sent me to do this one thing, say peace to you, peace to your soul, peace to you, peace, my friends, in Jesus Christ, amen.